seconds. Give me a second. Oh. All right. Julie wanted to get this out before we started recording. Um, Hold on. I'm going to have to adjust my uh, relationship to my microphone to do it correctly. To your what? To, to my microphone. 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 Now all of a sudden I'm in a better mood. Um, we were just talking about, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And, of course, somehow turned to politics. Life. And... Um, then we all just started wishing terrible things on Mitch McConnell, and Julie said, "We have to get it all out." And then I, then I said, "No, what are you doing?" And I, and I hit record. Wait, did you get the sound of me screaming? I don't know. No. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I'm very sorry to everyone if you did hear that because I was screaming directly in the microphone, and that's not nice, right? I mean, Julie, you're the you do the editing. You can just cut it. You're yeah. right. I can. You have the you, power. You have like the power. power. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Public Radio ah! Guest and <laughs> And I did it wrong. I don't care. It was fucking perfect. It was perfect. And anybody who does not appreciate that can take a hike. Oh, welcome to Austin, Austin, a oh. Podlander Drunk Cast podcast. I'm Allison. I'm Julie. That's Janine. Hi. You wouldn't, you wouldn't know this, listeners, but it's been kind of a while. For, it's been a while for us because um, my apartment started sinking into the earth, which I, you, heard, you heard an update the last episode we recorded with very special guest Rexana Haddadi. Um, oh, yeah, that was when now that, yeah, that yeah, was, it was we talked about then. Yeah, oh, so I have since moved. I live somewhere else. If it sounds different, that's why. But you know what? No more construction. No more mysterious 2.30 p.m. daily rocking squeaks. Um no more cockroaches. I mean, knock wood, but haven't seen one yet. Uh, and I'm not sinking into the earth. And I have a teeny tiny dishwasher. It's great. That's so, uh, no, but once again, once again, you are burying the lead. What do you have in that oh, new apartment? I also have a teeny tiny in-unit washer dryer. Fuck yeah. yeah. That's it right there, baby. Game That's changer. the gold. Game and a parking changer. space. Oh, That's God. also important in this neighborhood oh, for sure. Yeah. Goodness. Um, it's... Uh, it, it's a it's a good upgrade. Um, we feel really good about it, but it's been a crazy month. As a result, uh, we just sort of like had a backlog of episodes we were sitting on, and then my life blew up, and I just stopped posting things. Sorry, sorry, guys, my life blew up. Um, so now the. The last episode we recorded, one of the last episodes we recorded, was right after the insurrection. So now. We're we're in a very different mental space. Yeah. Well, now we're uh, Happy Valentine's Day. We're recording. Happy yes. Day. <laughs> yeah. Happy Valentine's Day. Day. Happy uh, Valentine's Day. Because you, you both are the love of my lives. So like, I, it, is, it is a lovely. This is how I would like to spend Valentine's Day. Um, but our headspace is also post second fucking acquittal of fucking Trump. So this guy. Fuck, fuck, oh, you fuck, know what? Fuck. It's also <laughs> post fuck. Episode one of <gasps> Death Comes to Pemberley. Yes. And Wait, you know what? Fucking beautiful. Jesus. I, it, it I slaps. didn't like it. What? No. Oh, Julie. No, it's fine. And I understand that it's fan service and we'll get to it. Like most of the stuff I was down with and I love a good murder mystery, but it just feels so dour, y'all. I will agree with that note. It is very... It's dour. It's just like... And oh. I don't like my Jane Austen to be dour. I like it to be sparkling and witty. Oh, I think that it's, there's some sparkling wit. The, this particular uh, depiction of Mrs. Bennet is less mm. like... 
fun, isn't she annoying, and more, oh my god, did she really just say that? And I really mm-hmm. appreciate it. Like when she says, we must hope for the best, perhaps he died in a duel, I laughed so <laughs> hard. And that's a really good joke. I have to admit that both, oh, once again, let me just throw this out there for anyone listening as we catch up. We're not going to go into plot details of Pride and Prejudice. Obviously, this is a spinoff, not really actually a thing, but we're just assuming that you all know what the fuck happens in Pride and Prejudice, so I'll just go from there. Yeah. Um, the, the depiction of Lydia and Mrs. Bennett, while I think probably closer to the reality if those two people actually existed, was also just so grating to me. Like, I could not, like, I was like, kick them out of your house. <laughs> There's no reason, like, why well, are they there? I mean, but but because they're they're relations. They're terrible people. They are terrible people. Are. But particularly, I mean, this is still true, right? Like, if you, mm-hmm. for for example, run for office, and or you know, if you run for president, and it turns out that you have a kid who like is Hunter Biden? Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I was going to try to come up with a specific example. And oh, just, here's an old one. When you're running for president and you have a brother named Bubba who makes his own beer. Yeah. Or Bud or whatever his fucking name was, Bud Clinton. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. You have to be like, well, you know, what happens is going to reflect on me. So I don't want to have to clean up this mess. But if if I don't clean it up, nobody's going to clean it up. And that's going to be bad for everyone. I've got to say that this is the first time, even though it was there in Pride and Prejudice, that I really thought about how deep Darcy is in the shit too because of Wickham. So this time, at least, that thing felt a little more equal. Like you can't choose family felt a little more brought to the forefront, Mm -hmm. which I also think contributed to the kind of like downer feeling. Like it just felt like no matter what they do, (laughs) they can't fucking get away. And now there's murder on their land. Shit. That's not nice. It was obvious to me in this that, that I think the dour feeling comes from, for me, is, is coming from the fact that I think they're very aware this is a film adaptation of something versus uh, our, our PP, 1995, uh, you know, the Nemesis one, um, is it's, it's almost like a play that's being filmed, right? Because in the 90s, that was kind of, especially with like adapted literature, that's, that tends to be this, the angle that my, my More sedate. And, mm-hmm. and this was like... Um, where their timing and cadence is very much for like long shots. Let's just, you know, you're going to have the scene and we're not going to cut bunch and like, we're not working on angles and lighting and all that mm-hmm. jazz where this was a fucking masterpiece. Of it's beautiful. Cinematography. It's just oh, it's beautiful. so well. There's the angles are so good, but I think that was also translated into the acting because there's so much space given after each line that they were able to angle to edit well. But I think that gives you the dour feeling even harder, right? Where it's like, like every every scene kind of feels like it ends on a down note, ooh, like a yeah. boom. And every every uh. statement made has weight, you know, because we do get they have a flashback to Pride and Prejudice with, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Lizzie and uh, Wickham chatting, and like just using that as a point of comparison, like there's so much consideration to what's being said versus the, it wasn't the repartee kind of like bah, 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 uh, of the 1995 PP, you know. I enjoyed it. I just forgot that it was kind of dour. Well, it's yeah. it's much more. I mean, it's very contemporary, right? Yes. Like, it's and a, that might be it. It's mm-hmm. a Regency. Yeah. It's it's still Regency era, and the murder mystery format obviously 
has it, it exists for all time. Um, <laughs> it's it's beyond time. Um, and particularly in England, obviously, there's a in the United Kingdom, there's a grand history of murder mysteries. But um, the let's take a look at something that seems familiar and then do like the slightly grittier version, um, like the more realistic version. Obviously, that's a a very commonplace thing. We yeah. see mm-hmm. that all the time these days. And this is a very mild version of that. But for sure, Lizzie is like, yes, she's the clever, smart one, and yes, she has big feelings, but also we see like all of the little um, intricacies that Pride and Prejudice as a novel isn't as interested in. Like, There is a lot of emotional complexity in Pride and Prejudice, but it's not this combination of like all of the things that Lizzie is feeling about Wickham are it's shame, but it's also fear and anger and resentment and pity and all of these things all mixed together. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't, you're right. We don't see that in most traditional adaptations because they're not given that room. Right. Well, because the story they're telling is Lizzie and Darcy, right? Mm-hmm. It's, so it's, it's about their feelings for each other, not so much their feelings in ge- and their personal evolutions, but not necessarily those really intricate little things. Yeah. So yeah, and, I agree. It's it is uh, dour, but I think mm-hmm. it's very good dour. Personally, it was just so fucking pretty. It's I'm beautiful. just gonna keep. We, I should just. There's an asterisk. If I say something, I'm saying it's pretty. <laughs> just so I don't say that <laughs> well, too often, because it's even just the opening beautiful. and the, the way that they shoot the woods, it makes it feel like you are like part of the fae as you're floating through Ooh, all yeah. the like mm-hmm. the fern and the beach <laughs> peeling ooh, ooh. park. It's are so you beautiful. Mrs. Riley's ghost? <laughs> Give me my bonnet. <laughs> Hands off my hat, you jackass. <laughs> oh, God. oh my God, let's get to it. Let's get yeah, to it. Let's the do it. Let's quick do it. and dirty rundown. A little recap. Oh, gosh. So we got some ser- servant gals serving um, excellent maid face out in the beautiful woods of Pemberley. By the way, we've already seen Pemberley, so this already is above at least three of the adaptations that we've dealt with recently. <laughs> <laughs> so thank God. You oh, know what it Pemberley. needs, though? It really needs a sinkhole. Yeah. <laughs> Like that's really that's really what this series is missing. Well, we actually, you know what, we do see a sinkhole. If you remember that I said that, I'll pull it up when we get there. Great. Um, I, in fact, I have Ah Pemberley, just the words Ah Pemberley in my note like six, in, six times. <laughs> and anytime we see Pemberley, I'm like, yes. So we open in the woods, and they're beautiful, mm-hmm. right? And then the fair, the the gals are, what are they doing? Were they going to meet somebody? I don't know. We never really get the chance to find out. It seems like they're nervous about being out there and know they're wrong for something. But then all of a sudden, one of them goes off on her own and sees something terrible and starts screaming and they run back. And now (laughs) mystery is afoot. I just spent three seconds, which is sounds like not very much, but is definitely three seconds too long, trying to figure out how I could scream in a northern British accent. I think you just have to make it into oi. Oi! Oi, oi, oi! No! Anyway, I really like 
their northern accents. They're cute. They, the cute northern accents, great maid face. They're terrified. They go running. They run away, and as they run away, the camera pans to a Darcy tombstone. So we know that this is on the ancestral land. Maybe we're supposed to think that Darcy is dead hilariously. Like, it's like a little, like, just a little boop. And then we're back to Pemberley. Ah, Pemberley. There's the first time. Ah, Pemberley. You know what? Hold on. Yeah. yeah. Ah, Pemberley. Ah, Pemberley. And Pemberley is a buzz because they're getting ready for a big ball, and that's best Pemberley. The prince is giving a ball. Can you imagine what it would be like to have every single bedroom in that house in that manner? I'm sorry, this is a true manner. This is a real manner. Having every bedroom in that house manner filled. Can you imagine what kind of a party that would be? It would be legendary, bolsterous. legendary. A bolsterous big ball held yes. at Pemberley Manor with it all would... the big feelings. And oh. you know Lydia loves a big ball. <laughs> Fucking Lydia. Well, we'll get there. Come and rag a wrecking ball. <laughs> she, she did. Her entrance in this property was definitely Miley Cyrus-esque. <laughs> yes. She's my I, Julie. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a hot debate about this. I think because she's my favorite Lydia, and it's not close. You know oh. what? I agree with that, but it's also the Lydia that literally makes me want to commit straight murder. Like <laughs> yes. I just want to yes. kill her. Yes. I just want to grab her around her tiny little throat and choke her until she can't breathe anymore. And I know that's really dark, but she really pissed me off. She made me so uncomfortable and just like, why are you this way? That's how I felt about the 1995 Lydia. Like, she yeah. just, like, every time she was there, like, I, she, she was a child, so we, like, give her a little bit of credence. We're like, okay, you're a child, but fuck you. Shut the fuck up. Like, I mean, <laughs> the, I think at this point, it, uh, her character having gone through what she has in the interim between the actual mm. text and this fan adaptation, she's been married to Wickham for a while. It, we all know he's a useless piece of shit, and we all know that it's a grift. She doesn't. Yeah. And the fact that she's never held accountable enough or responsible enough to understand what is happening in her own life makes her unbearable to me. Mm. Just like, I don't, I, oh, I can't with you. And Ooh. so that's, to me, that's why I had such a hard time. Because you, you want to empathize with Lizzie, right? Because she's our way in to Pride and Prejudice. And I can't empathize with her, with her, with letting this shit go down. I can't. And, that, and your perception of Lydia, that's a very real, there's people, like, too real with people we know in the world, right? Where they're mm -hmm. just, like, so it, disjointed from their actual impact of what's Willful going on ignorance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Willful ignorance. I cannot accept it. I well, cannot abide it. It's a, it's a lot like she, you know, had her little sex adventure in London when she was 15 um, and then got married, and that's like everything stopped. She's gonna be fifteen years old forever. Exactly like her mother. Yes, exactly like her mother. Yes, yeah. Anyway, that's why I think she's great. But we haven't gotten oh, to Lydia yet. She's so good at it, though. This actress really is very good, Lydia. Jenna Coleman, man. This was like just off the heels of her Doctor Who experiences, too, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so Jenna Coleman, that's right. I knew okay. I recognized her. She did a very good job at a character that I couldn't find more loathsome <laughs> if I tried. Speaking of Maidface, she, uh, she's also Victoria in Victoria. Yes! That's where I knew her from. Yeah. 
She yeah. was really good in that. And yeah. I only watched a few episodes of it, but she was really knocking it out of the fucking She's park. very good at her job. Also, yeah. just one of the prettiest human beings on the She's planet. super cute. Just well, like... like little, That nose and the eye. Yeah. And She's so pretty. Mm-hmm. Asterix. Everyone's fucking gorgeous. Yeah, everybody... Is, speaking of gorgeous, so... Um, so yes, we've gone we racing there? through the woods and screaming, and then we see Pembele. Ah, Pembele. And now Pembele. we're getting ready for the ball, and the little boy is running around like a little asshole once again. <laughs> and then she picks him up. Lizzie picks him up and says, no trouble at all. And I'm like, not period appropriate. She definitely would have just picked him up and thrown him in his bedroom. <laughs> I don't know. She had a, Lizzie had a, I think, a, what you might call a pretty formative experience with, um, Parents who don't parent their children. You know what? You're right. She learned something. Yeah. Like, let me just be the opposite of my mom and dad. Exactly. Uh, what is this actress's name? I know her from Bletchley Circle. Anna Maxwell Martin. She is so good. She's a good Lizzie. I don't know if she is. Ooh! I love her, and I think what she does is very, very powerful. And there were moments in here where I felt like she touched Lizzie, but I never felt like she was all Lizzie. Hmm. The closest to me she came was when she was out in the woods going to the groomsman's house to see the sun, and she was tripping across the, just walking through nature, like being part of it. Like, that's when I felt her to be comfortable, which I guess is part of Lizzie, but like the rest of the time I didn't, I never felt like she was fully dropped in. Hmm. I don't know. She's so good, though. She's such a great actress, and I really appreciate it. I just don't know if she was a really good choice for Lizzie. I wonder if that has... Do you think that... I I wonder... Does it color your perception that she is an older Lizzie who now spends her time as Mrs. Darcy and not in a house full of chaos? Maybe. Maybe she has more time to herself. she's been doing Mm -hmm. that for however many years that child has been running around outside her body. So she's been living in Pemberley for like seven years. Living in Pemberley. God, I want our album to start. We got to really start. Ah, Pemberley. We're good. So they're getting ready for a ball, and then she goes down to taste all the food. That game pie, man. Looks so awesome. The, all the food porn in that scene, having it all laid out like that was so cool. That I am very disappointed that we didn't get to see the white soup. How we, dare she you? Got to, yeah, we get to she just pretend that we it? can smell it. Yeah, like I, I bet there was like some good sausage in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want some sausage. So mm. you get to pick one dish from that feast. What's it going to be? Well, there were too many biscuits. Which was hilarious at the end because they were all named after different noblemen. Like we've got Mr. Boo's biscuits or Sir Do's biscuits. And it's like too many. I think I would have to go with the game pie looked real good. I mean, that was definitely the looker that that short crust with it looked like a crown. I'm going to say that it's the easy choice, but I wanted to eat it. I wanted to see what it tasted like. Sometimes the easy choices. It's easy because it's right. Yeah. I mean, obviously, game pie all the way. Game pie. I wanted to say what the white soup, but then I think that would just remind me of our hellish landscape we live in now. So <laughs> I'm going to go with game pie as well. Um, y'all, we're enduring a wild, uh, wild cold and snow snap in the Midwest. It's like Michigan weather. Is uh, it's it's not often Michigan weather in Illinois, but today it is. Um, Ooh, boy. In the last couple of weeks, it is. It sucks. 
So game pie all the way. <laughs> anyway, so she's in the kitchen, and then the maids that were outside come running in and disturb everybody. And, oh, my God, the lady of the house is in the room. Chill out, girls. But they're screaming about Mrs. Riley's ghost. And uh, Mrs. Reynolds, the, the uh, Pride and Prejudice fans will remember, Mrs. Reynolds is the housekeeper at Pemberley who is like, my lord is the, my master is the best master. Miss Georgiana's just beautiful and Wickham's turned out very wild. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's Mrs. Is this, Reynolds. Is, is this her daughter? She looks way too young to be that Mrs. Reynolds. Well, that's based on the actor that was playing it and what you saw. Like, yeah. if Miss if Mrs. Reynolds was a professional housekeeper in Pride and Prejudice, so like seven years ago, based on what we're looking at, mm. she could have been probably in her mid thirties. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, plus mid thirties is ancient back mm-hmm. then. Back then, that's true. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. oh, but fine. whether it's her or a daughter or a niece or whatever, um, which is a subject that gets touched on in this episode, sort of mm-hmm. handing down rules to other people in the family yep um she's she rules and she's like would you take these screaming ladies away from me put them in the pantry and pour brandy down their throats and then tell them (laughs) to look at their life and look at their choices she specifically says a thimble full of brandy and i'm like that thimble is like for five thumbs right like (laughs) a thimble full is not enough sit Um, them down on bags of grain and tell them to think about what they've done (laughs) What do I have next? Uh, is Darcy an asshole? He comes in just blazing, so mad at everybody getting ready for all the gaiety that's about to be in his big house. And he seems real churlish about it. And then we realize that he was trying to write a love letter to his wife. Also, it's it's like classic Darcy. And then he's like, yeah, but I'm self-aware now. So he's like, can everybody please shut the fuck up? It's, it's not a party at the Darcy's if I'm not kind of an asshole for a while. <laughs> Is, is the gist of that scene. That yeah. is very true. And you know yeah. what? Pretty hot. Fine. I think it's a good, first of all, he makes a great Darcy. He does. He does. He's right. Like the mind and the face, it's it works together very well. It's a very, very good piece of casting because he's got, mm-hmm. and Matthew Reese is so, he's so fucking good that you get um, the like prickliness of his nature and also the intelligence, and also you can tell that he's just a decent person who's, like, mm-hmm. sometimes kind of shitty at being a person. Like, he's a lot. Dar- <laughs> this Darcy is a lot. Um, and you can tell that Lizzie and Georgiana are both like, do you need, do you need a cookie? <laughs> <laughs> How can we help you see that you're being a dick? <laughs> okay, do you need, do you need yeah. to go... Play a game on your phone for twenty minutes, and we'll talk <laughs> when you're when you're done. Can yeah. you leave us? Can you leave us for three hours? That'd be great. Yeah. Don't come back around. But, but not yes, a moment. Yes, she le- does. <laughs> she straight up does. Can look three hours, bitch. Just three get hours. out of here. If I can go, but go ride yeah. a horse. But not a moment longer because I'm gonna need that D. Yep. Oh, she man. does say that. And it's. Pa- I mean, they they have whatever you think of Anna Michael Martin as Lizzie. They definitely have like, oh yeah, they fuck chemistry. Yes, oh, yeah. right? they do. You're like, oh, they oh do. yeah, oh yeah. These pe- mm-hmm. these two human beings have good sex on the regular. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, that they, is for sure. They know how to share a pee pee. Yes, <laughs> they do. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, Janine. Oh, still on a roll. Still on a roll. <laughs> Um, 
we see the groom. We see him take him out for the horses for Darcy and his son to be able to ride somewhere <laughs> to get out hours. of the house, whatever. <laughs> and the groom is like, I wish it, my son could replace me. But then we find out that his son is like super ill. We'll come back to that. And then the groom goes inside and like just sits down with a rag and just starts polishing every piece of silver that's ever been made for 200 years. And I just want you guys to know that I know exactly how he feels because my grandmother used to make me do that shit. On a Saturday morning, like once every six months, all of a sudden I'd come downstairs and all of her silverware would be laid out <laughs> and there'd be these cotton gloves and little wire brushes and this stinky ass shit that I had to dip it all in. She's like, get going. <clears throat> Like what? <laughs> so when he sat down and just started, I was like, "I feel you, brother." Um, Colonel Fitzwilliam shows up. Let's talk about Colonel Fitzwilliam because I hate him. Yeah, wasn't he? He was. He was not. He was in Pride and Prejudice. Yes, yes. and he was nice. He was a. He was a good dude. He is what nice, is- although he does do the thing. Bros before hoes. No, it's when he's like, first of all, he's like, you want to know something hilarious about my cousin? So his friend Bingley was really into this girl who was like, uh, garbage, super poor and all her relatives suck. So he was like, no, 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 get away. You don't want, you don't want a piece of that. That was cool of him, right? So first of all, he does that. But on the same walk, they're strolling along and they're talking about like, dependence and hardship and she says what can you have ever known of hardship of that kind and he says oh well perhaps nothing of that sort but um in other important matters such as being able to marry whoever i want it might be different um so this is me politely letting you know that uh i'm not gonna ask you to marry me because you're a poor bitch I'm just making sure it's really clear while we take this nice stroll through the countryside. Just so you know, I need to marry a rich lady. So if you've been wondering why I've been paying so much attention to you for the last couple weeks, it's because I was bored. Uh, So that's also Colonel Fitzwilliam. Yeah. You know what? She's not wrong. True to form. But here, you, I he's think just that really mean. He is mean. There's something about him where you're just like, you suck. I don't like him. Well, um, and- and maybe it's because of the war he went through. Like that's what f- I was gonna say. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They um, they touch on it a couple of different times that um, that Wickham has developed kind of a name because of some heroic efforts in the war, uh, and he fought with Colonel Fitzwilliam. Um, and there seems to be some sort of there's a there's a something there, right? So maybe their experience in the war. I agree, Janine. Maybe it it affected him somehow. Yeah. Okay. Well, it it really didn't do him any damn favors because every time he's in a scene, I'm like, get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. No, he's uh, he's a real he's a real dick. Um, the best thing about him to cutie pie. Lefty, the cutie Bernie bro. Yeah, the little the little lawyer. We'll get there. Yeah. The one thing about Fitzwilliam that's the best though is that fucking hat. He's coming in like Pharrell Williams. Like it's this huge brown second best hat hat, though. We're gonna we haven't seen the best hat yet. It's the second best hat. The best hat has a whole scene devoted to it. Oh, I'm Mm. exciting. We're thinking of different things then. Anyway, shit. Well, lots of hats in this episode. Hats, hats come to Pemberley. Uh, oh, by was, the way, uh, yeah. a, a solid crowd cast joke for you. Happened twice. Um, first, the maids are running, screaming through the woods, and into our little into our little chat, one of our friends says, "I think it was Sam." Says, 
Psst, that's the death. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then somebody else made the same joke later when it was actually the death. <laughs> so, Bo, and I don't remember who made the second one. I'm I sorry, appreciate them all. Psst, that's the death. Uh, um, it's great. I have a Especially qu- because she didn't say, Psst, that's Pemberley, which it was. So you could do it and it would have been accurate. <laughs> anyway, continuing. I have a note here that Lizzie said something and the freedom, like a little Sato voice thing. Like some guy tried to step to her with some shit and she came right back. Oh, it was Fitzwilliam. Yeah. And she came right back with and the freedom. Yeah. Yeah. And because his like, brother died. So right. all of his objections about the, about the perils of being a younger son are gone now because his brother died. So now he's got the title and he's got the lands and she goes and the freedom. Mm-hmm. Remember, remember when you negged me? Remember? You, and the freedom. And the freedom. She did burn his ass right there. And it was a mighty burn. Look, crispy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we figure out that the reason why Fitzwilliam arrived early and is sniffing around is because he's trying to jump on that Georgiana Darcy train. It's creepy. He was her guardian. It's gross. It That's is. the other thing. They were co-guardians. It no, is. no. Go away. And you yeah. can, at first they tease it to where maybe you think that that's who Georgiana likes, but no. Then we meet him, the young Bernie bro. What's He's a name? real cutie, Mister Al- Alter Alter. I've got it written down somewhere. Here I'll pull it. Mister A. That's what I got him as. Mister Alverson. Mister Alverson is a firebrand lawyer barrister. He's got new ideas and revolutionary <laughs> thoughts. And very and, tall hair. And wants to get into Georgiana's knickers, and Georgiana's into it. They are, this is an important note, writing letters to each other, which you are, as we learn in Sense and Sensibility, we'll get there, Janine, um, you are not supposed to do that if you are oh. not engaged. Re- no. Letter writing. Ooh, that's uh, quite the scandal. You do not oh. correspond. You I do mean, not correspond if you are not engaged. What a spicy scene then. Because he <laughs> shows up and then he's like, ah, oh, by the way, thanks for your fucking letters. That's great, lady. <laughs> yeah. And, she's, and like, she's like, ah! Thank you for your letters as well. Oh. And then Fitzwilliam <laughs> is somewhere lurking that, in the background staring at them. Ooh, that was a spicy scene. Goodness. He's a creep. <laughs> Uh, that's also um, James Norton, who's like kind of an it guy right now. Um, he's been the actor. he was uh, yes, who plays Mr. Alverson. He mm. was uh, John Brooke in Little Women. He's Mr. Oh, yeah. Meg um, in Little Women, and uh, has been in a, a zillion other things. But a, is it a busy a busy actor? He was in the War and Peace miniseries. Um, and he is going to be in the Nevers with your friend and mine, Laura Donnelly. So, oh, oh yeah, I is, saw a preview for that the other day. It looks great. Yeah. Is he? Is he? Is he? A, I, I haven't gotten this from Death of Pemberley yet. Is he a good actor that deserves that much praise, or is he just a good-looking dude that just gets put in these period pieces? He seems okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I to think me he, in this. I don't think he's a. He's not a bad actor. Like a shockingly great talent. But yeah, no, he's good. He's right. not he's not just a pretty face. All right, cool. Um, but he is but he is a pretty face. <laughs> he is, he is a, pretty a pretty face, face yeah. though. <laughs> the two of them and the other one is Eleanor Tomlinson. They just are so pretty together. I just wanted to watch them smile at each other forever. 
that later later when they have that candlelit look at each other as she's about to go upstairs. I was like, fuck Ooh. you. Very what? swoony. Very it swoony. was very, that was a, this most swoon worthy moment. Oh, Definitely. Uh, minus the hug. The yeah. Darcy and Lizzie hug the da- when oh. they were like, do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. 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 Where they just melted into each other and you can see that they were just being each other's strength and power. That <sighs> was the shit. I lived vicariously in that hug. It was very good. I wonder what that feels like. So this is where Lizzie goes to see the groom's son. And does he have tuberculosis? Like, what's the deal? He's a young boy and he, teen guy. He's going to die. It's very upsetting. He also seems you know what he has, Julie? I can't believe you didn't do this. The vapors? No, no, no. He's got a really bad case of um, doom face, 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 doom face. Yes, he does. Because face. yes, he, he does. Because he was laid up in what felt like a doom hut. Doom hut. Doom face in doom hut. Inception. <laughs> oh, teamwork. That was good teamwork, guys. God, really. But she went down there and she brought him some more books because you know what, Lizzie is a badass bitch. <laughs> She's also a great reader. Mm-hmm. And a, this was the that's moment a, where that's a Pride and Prejudice joke. <laughs> great. Read. Uh, the moment where she trips across the stream, though, forever. Yeah. And this mm-hmm. is when that happened. That's when she felt the most, like, relaxed to me. Um, so we find out that the groom's kid is going to die, and I'm wondering, is that going to come back? Yes, of course it is. Gots to be. Gots to be. I don't know about don't you, about Julie, it. but I'm feeling really good about this because I don't remember what happens. Like I remembered Me some. Of, I remembered a lot of the setup, but I do not. I re, I know some of the people who didn't do it. Spoiler or no? Like, could I say it? I know he didn't. Wickham. I know. I know Wickham didn't do it. Well, I mean, whether that's a spoiler or not, it murder mystery logic is the obvious suspect is obviously not the person who did not it. the person. Yeah, because otherwise. Because otherwise, it's why like, are we? Why are we here? It's one dan- episode of Wickham did it, and then two episodes of dancing. So, is it going to be the tuberculosis kid that picks up an enormous rock and just bashes <laughs> Denny's skull in from the rear? You gave me TB. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. All I know is that character's coming back. Because we don't drop into the Doom Hut to see Doomface unless we're going to see it again. Well, and you God. don't put that much eyeshadow on underneath somebody's eyes if you don't if you don't want the, that gaze to be haunting for a reason. Right. Yeah. So where are we? She's really good in that scene. I, I give you what I can offer you, which is my friendship. It was like yes. Yeah. And mom is crying. Good. That was really yeah, good luck. Then she goes back into the woods and she sees a woman out there. Wait, what? Kind of a fashionable looking woman too, wearing kind of like an eggplant dress and this beautiful hat with like a little bit of a kind of tasteful peacock flower on it. And you're like, what the fuck, bitch? And then she goes running into the woods. And you know what? There is nothing creepier than a silent person in the woods turning to look at you and then running through the woods like they were born there. This was the moment. It's not great. It, this is the moment where I was like, are we watching Pride and Prejudice and Zombies? What the fuck's going on yeah, right now? It's <laughs> not great because automatically you feel like, wait, were they were they raised in the woods? <laughs> Come back, Nell. <laughs> yeah. That's I, a Nell what, joke. Yeah. Okay, hello from 1996. What's happening? So she kind of follows her to see what happens, and she sees that this mysterious woods lady, fairy. <laughs> 
dropped her hat. Lizzie picks it up. Lady shows back up and grabs it from her and hisses in her face. Love a feral lady in the woods. And then scampers off. Once again, like she's Aquaman in the ocean. You know what? That her reaction to that is also pretty Lizzie-like because understandably, Lizzie's a little freaked out. Mm-hmm. But she goes back to Pemberley and and uh, her husband is all fussing over her and he's like she's like, "Listen. It was a crazy lady in the It's a lot like Julie being like, "Listen, I've lived in Chicago for 10 years. I know uh, it takes a lot more than this to scare me. Listen, I know f- frustrated female instincts when I see them. It's fine. Yeah, I just, you know. She was mad. It's the it's woods. Okay. It's It happens. Sometimes you just, you meet a feral lady in the woods. That's just, that's the, them's the woods for you. She'd had it up to here with society, which I completely empathize with. Yes. And just built her life out there. Yeah. No problem. Don't, don't worry about it. No, no issue at all. No issue. Um, so it's uh, the first of what seems to be a series of uh, whoops. What? Maybe we should cancel this party moments that happen mm-hmm. over the rest of this episode. And then I have another note that says, Ah, Pemberley. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Pemberley. All right, Wickham and Lydia, here's their fucking entrance. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so mad. So they're at some fucking pub somewhere, and Denny comes running out. He's pissed, he's drunk. Wickham comes running out after him, and Denny is accusing him of not understanding women. Later, we find out it might be because they're going to Pemberley without an invitation, but I feel like it means something else. I don't know. They all get in the cart, uh, the barouche box, and decide to roll to Pemberley, where that we find out later they are not invited. They're party crashing. Right. Because... Because... The whole thing is, you know, he he tried to seduce Darcy's sister when she was 15 years old. Is there, you're not invited to the house. And he did that instead to Lizzie's sister. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> yeah, I get it. And in the eyes of the law, you're a family. But you, you're not. Please don't come here. To the house. Don't come to the house. No. Please don't come here. Here's money. Go don't away. come here. Check, check. Go, they go. They do bye give bye. them money. They do give them money. That's canon. That's what I'm saying. So that's also what really pisses me off about this behavior is because it just, oh, it's the worst entitlement. It's just so shitty. And so I hate them so much. Yeah, they suck. And However, that hat. I understand that it was your a good pick hat. is Bonnet in the Woods. My pick is Jenna Coleman in a tiny top hat. It was, a tiny top hat is always the best. <laughs> it's great. It's a great hat. Her little red coat. She the red she always liked coats. a red coat. She, she really did. did. Mm-hmm. They get into the carriage. They drive off, and then they stop in the middle of the woods because I guess fucking they were fighting. Denny runs out. Wickham follows him, and then the mystery is set up. He really had to go. Yeah, um, yeah. They go sprinting through the woods. Always fine. And Lydia is, in her defense, understandably pretty pissed about being left in the middle of the woods. Mm-hmm. But then she gives some Uber driver the worst ride of his life. <laughs> well, that doesn't happen yet because the horses get spooked by the gunshots and then right. she doesn't help by screaming. Right. But we do get to, in this moment, we get to see Mr. Bennett running away from his wife as he always does and finding the library in Pemberley and like releasing a li- He probably farted so loud when he walked into that room because he just relaxed. Yeah. <laughs> Another note in... 
in Darcy's favor is that Lydia and Wickham aren't invited, but it's not like Mrs. Bennet's not invited, right? right. She shows up and you're immediately like, oh, God. Can Go you away. Just, whoa, Lord. <laughs> Why has no one ever told you to your face to shut the fuck up? I'm pretty sure she's been told that. Alone. Yeah, yeah, and just doesn't care. Her it's power, her husband's her favorite sport. How, this, <laughs> this is how that interaction most likely goes. Mrs. Bennett, you are horrible. Oh, you know me. I just tell tell it as it is. You going do through like the days. to vex me. <laughs> you, you vex me so. Uh, give me money, please. Money, yes. <laughs> money, money, money. Oh God, they're the worst. Jesus. Oh my God, that's fucking Jean Ralphio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Jenny Slate. The, for, yeah. They're totally Lydia and Wickham, only they're <laughs> siblings instead of you got me, whatever. Oh, but yeah, they it's totally the same are. idea. Yeah, same absolutely. idea. Please. <laughs> um, I really like uh, Tom. It's Tom Wilkinson, isn't it? That plays Mr. Bennett? Yeah. The, yeah, he's. Uh, it's interesting because this miss, Mr. Bennett doesn't have as much of the bemusement and has a little bit more like fear behind his eyes. About his wife. Did you <laughs> notice that? Yeah. He's, he's been like, alo- he's, he's a little bit scared of her. He's, he's had alo- the, he's had the fight taken out of him. Jane, yeah. Jane and Lizzie are gone. And so he's just like, I you know what? More time with her. She is horrible. You're fucking right. <laughs> and it's like the other guys going to war and it changing them. Yeah. He went to his own personal war. It's yeah. James Fleet. I was wrong. It is James Fleet of Four Weddings and a Funeral and Sense and Sensibility. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was going to be surprised. John if it was actually, Dashwood. I was going to be surprised if it was actually a Tom because last night during our Zoom, we were trying to fill a full Pride and Prejudice with just Toms. Tom actors. We were. Yeah, like, we so, did okay. We did okay. We this like used is such it. a specific game. Like, I know we were just fucking around, and it lasted for like twenty minutes. Did you yeah. cast Thomas and Mackenzie? No, no, huge mistake, big mistake. Tom, huge. Tom Tell me who that is. Uh, well, she is an actress. Oh, um, she's well, young. She's a very young, very pretty blonde um, who's extremely good at her job. She was in Jojo Rabbit. Um, she was in uh, Leave No Trace, a movie from a couple of years ago that I really loved. Anyway, she'd be a great Georgiana. Uh, she's oh. probably too old for Georgiana now. It should be a great we, Jane. Th- there you go. Uh, we ju- we gave Tom Holland's uh, Mr. Collins. Hmm. We thought physically speaking he could do it. Yeah. The physical comedy, he would be the best at it. Hey, you know who should be Mary Bennett? Who? Tom Brady. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Well, we I, this game just oh. keeps going, and I love it. <laughs> God, I hate that guy. I can't believe it. Right? That's uh, add it to the list of ills we wish upon Tom Brady. You get to play Mary. In you Pride play and Mary Bennett. Yeah. So, Mr. Bennett. We, and, yeah, we got to yeah. keep rocking here. Uh, we haven't even gotten to the actual murder. This is where we find out that Mr. Alverson is a revolutionary. There's a scene. This is where Colonel Fitzwilliam gets like super piss uh what's a fucking pissing match with him mm. it's bad you can tell they both want to marry georgiana um <laughs> and then the darcy's we, think it's hilarious yeah they're laughing about it and then mrs bennett comes stumbling into the room with a picture of wickham it's like that lock was very feeble and i'm like that bitch <laughs> like, fucking christ that oh. fucking bitch just all right the audacity the audacity, she audacity. Has it. Yeah. um uh I, my note was Pemberley wasn't far enough away. 
time for a trip to the colonies, maybe. Yeah, let's uh, move to America, <laughs> not see these assholes anymore. Um, uh, Matthew Reese is a good Mr. Darcy. That's what I just said there, because I think you're right. I think it's the that he's so able to skirt that line between pure assholery and trying to understand his motivations. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's good. Yeah, he's good. He's a, he, he breaking news. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, let's drug the Bennett gals. This is after Lydia comes in like a wrecking ball. So, flashback to the fucking carriage in the woods. Two shots. Bam, bam. Who shot who? Lydia starts screaming. The horses freak out, and they go hellbent for leather to Pemberley, where they come screeching in, and limber, uh, fucking she comes pouring out of that carriage. <laughs> and then they just inject her with drugs, and uh, she's got to sleep now. So Lydia was very freaked out. She doesn't know if her husband is dead or alive, but now she's Lizzie's problem. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just like, oh, God. So here's where we find out that... <laughs> Here it is. Lydia makes her entrance at Pembley. Just full on screaming. She's screaming. Alone in the carriage, rightfully scared. Her husband yes. left. She heard two gunshots. She doesn't know if he's dead. But here she comes, and now she's fucking Lizzie's problem. And she runs into that house, and they have to... Mr. Bennett has to slap her. Like, nobody else will calm her down. And then she... Proceeds to drain two large glasses of red wine. I think like it's three. Boom, boom. And then we have to drug her. <laughs> well, but first she's she's going up one of Pemberley's twenty seven staircases or whatever, mm-hmm. and she turns around like my trunk. And they're like, what? What is there a body in the trunk? What's wrong? She's like, my bowl gum will get crushed. Like, and then Lydia. Mrs. Bennett joins in the conversation going, oh, is it the one bell gown that I really love? Oh, that'd be a terrible thing to see it creased. Get out of here. And good then Lizzie, Lizzie's like, go get the doctor. Tell him to bring the good shit. We get two really great Mr. Bennett moments related to, to, to this sequence. One is when um, he's talking to Darcy about, you know, guy shit. And... Um, Darcy's like, the doctor will give Lydia a sedative. And and then Mr. Bennett's like, he should probably do my wife first. <laughs> and then they just kind of look at each other and then go, that's a good idea. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent idea. The yes. second one is they start to form a search party. When they finally get Lydia to speak in complete sentences, she's, oh, no, I'm going to and then I don't know why I went Beaker from the Muppets there, but well, it's kind of what she sounded like. Yeah. <laughs> it was a little bit like Beaker from the Muppets. Yeah. Um, and then Darcy is, you know, getting everything ready for them to go try to figure out what the fuck Wickham did this time. And Mr. Bennett comes up and is, is like, "Can I come with you?" And he's like, "No, no, no, don't worry about it. We got enough people." And he, he was like, "Please, can I come with you?" We forgot one important detail. What? After the frosty. Uh, parlor time with Fitzwilliam and Mr. Alverson. He, Mr. Uh, sorry, Colonel Fitzwilliam said he was going to go for a ride by himself at night. So he's persona non grata while all this is happening. With a gun. We le- see later that he has a gun. Clearly one of our, hmm, maybe it was that guy's is maybe definitely it was Fitzwilliam. That asshole. Yes. And was he, 
I didn't ca- I kind of was he wearing a revolver, not a pistol? I it was big, whatever it was. Remember, he's all like, check. You're the person on this Zoom call that would know that of the three of us. You are the one who would be able to tell on site whether or not that was a pistol or a revolver. I'm going to go back and look because when I looked at it, I was was like, that seems oddly not period because like revolvers are a little bit cartridges and all jazz. But we know that the gun that was fired twice was a revolver, though, because we see it right. We see it. It's uh, the two pistols, two different pistols. Oh, okay. Because those those are single shot pistols, and that's what made more sense to me. But I don't think revolvers ah. existed. So wait, least... so two separate guns made the two shots? Yeah, and uh, when Wickham recounts himself later, he talks about how he shoots his pistol at the person and then shoots the other guy's pistol into the air for help. Right. Thank you. Yeah. But the point is, is that Fitzwilliam is out and about with yes. a gun, and yes. now they're making a search party to go search the fey wild to find out what the fuck happened out there and he shows up right on time yeah mm. right on time right so on time ti- so timely mm-hmm. yeah. like fucking someone ordered a pizza or something so they go colonel <laughs> 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 fitzwilliams 30 minutes or less We've got uh, a Now I'm the First Born Son special in which I marry you and you shut the fuck up about it. <laughs> we, haven't, we haven't recorded in like a month. I missed this. <laughs> so the yeah. fucking posse is on Broadway oh. at Pemberley and they go out into the woods and they find Wickham with the dead body of Lieutenant Denny. Wickham drunkenly weeping with the dead body of Denny and dragging him through the woods. Saying, it's my fault. He was my only friend. I killed him. <laughs> Which I know you guys, and I know y'all know me, and y'all know I have been drunk. Guess what I'm never going to do when I'm drunk? Say you murdered someone? Say I murdered somebody. <laughs> I We skipped a little moment that I want to call out because it's one of my, it's one of my favorite, like, oh, this is a, this is a, this is a real relationship moment, which is after all hell breaks loose, after the wrecking ball comes in, <laughs> um, Darcy's like marching off to do whatever he has to do. And he turns around and looks at Lizzie and goes, will I ever be free of this man? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then off he goes where it's very much like, fuck your whole fucking family. It's not a big deal. I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm cool. It was very familiar. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. that's not specific to families, but where you, when you're with somebody for a long time and a problem that's always going to be a problem, it's just like a wrinkle of life happens and you're like, really? Never mind. It's fine. I let it go 10 years ago. Like that. It's one of those. It's a good oh, yeah. moment. Yeah. It's a good moment. Uh, so they bring, they haul his ass back in. They put Denny's body in the gun shed. <laughs> The gun room. Gun room. They're like fancy, I'm very rich, here's where all my guns to for killing different frightened animals. And then all <laughs> A the different dudes, gun for frightened animal. The dudes gather again in the halls of Pemberley and are like, we gotta go get the judge. We gotta go get a cop. And Darcy comes in to tell Lizzie, I've gotta go get him. I know it's midnight, but I have to prove that due diligence. Like, I'm trying to figure out what happened on my land. I can't have this... <laughs> besmirching the shades of Pemberley. The shades are definitely getting polluted right yeah, at the you're, moment. You're yeah. fucked. They're really, they're polluted. But the other thing is that he can't be the person to handle it because he's not allowed to be because this mm-hmm. is his 
in the eyes of the law, as he puts it, Wickham is my brother, um, which gross. But we Can't do see like- we do see some um, Wickham and Darcy as kids that ends up being pretty important where you get a sense of like, oh, okay, well, this is a good reminder. Way back in the day, they kind of were actually brothers, right? At Mm -hmm. one time, these were two children who were growing up together. Um, And then they watched a a neighbor kid get hanged. It is horrifying. Which we find out later is the dad of the fucking Benjamin Franklin motherfucker we're about to meet. Sentence that kid to hang. So fucking Darcy's like, give me a cup of coffee, lady. And she's like, here you go. And he's like, I got to hit the road. (laughs) And she's like, oh, I know you do, but I'm so sad. Please come hug me. And then that's the hug where they are like married people goals. Like you can just see that it's them both experiencing a shock and a, a bad moment, but being there like, I'm here, I'm here. We can do, we can be okay, mm-hmm. and it's so amazing. Yeah. So I do think they're good as a pairing. I just can't be sold on her as Lizzie, not quite yet. Maybe by the end of the series, I will be. Uh, so Darcy goes to meet the judge. Let's talk about this asshole. <laughs> What's it called when you have a mustache just on your cheeks? Uh, uh, a shelf. Klingon Klingon <laughs> facial shelf? hair. I don't fucking know. It's oh like, my god! Like this cheek shelf. Well, Cheek Shelf, Hardcastle. Oh, he's terrifying. (laughs) We're going to come up with a better solution for this. I don't think, I don't, I don't like these choices. He and his Cheek Shelves and his quarantine hair. um, They're, they're, you're just like, oh, okay, you suck. Got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. It's a good entrance. You're like, yeah, you're the worst, huh? Cool. But you also see that he's very smart. Yes. Uh, so he's like the Mitch McConnell of this series, at, at least is where we stand right now, is that he's dastardly and very, very fucking smart and ahead of everybody. And yeah. he's also the person that actually has the temerity to say to one Fitzwilliam Darcy, oh, marrying your bride sister, what a masterstroke. Like, Wickham beat you. Like, he said it to him. He straight up said it to him. He's like, Wickham figured out how to beat you. Well, and he, he uh, Hardcastle, uh, affectionately also named as Hard Dick. No, don't like it. Never mind. No, that's terrible. I don't like it. We're di- I, I'm, ca- I'm calling him Benjamin Franklin looking motherfucker, which I would like be Buff, Buff Muffa. I, I want, <laughs> Buff I, Muffa. I, I Buff this, Muffa. I, I, want my, I want that fail striking from the record. Never mind. Um, <laughs> Buff uh, Muffa. But like, he doesn't know about the thing that Darcy had to do to say, to be able to be able to save that, right? Like, he as doesn't far know as that. we know. Yeah. No, as yeah. far he as doesn't we know. know. Well, yeah. and he also seems to be a little bit uninformed on the chronology because Lydia and Wickham got married before Darcy and Lizzie did. That's mm-hmm. true. Mm-hmm. But it was mm-hmm. like on the heels, very, very close. Anyway. But he's like, well, take me to Pemberley. We got to okay. check some shit out. It's uh, time to go see a man about a dead body. And so first they come in and the doctor who is already responsible for drugging the shit out of Mrs. Bennett and Lydia, uh, meets up with Buff Muffa in the gun room to look at this dead body. And they're like, oh, it looks like somebody hit him in the face with a gun butt. Yeah, his eyes all swollen. And then they turn him over and they see that somebody crushed the back of his skull with a very large rock. You gave me tuberculosis! Crush! 
is it, it is that kid, isn't it? Doesn't it have something to do with love? Doesn't it have to. No idea. I know that zero idea. That kid comes back, and I know that there's something there. I mean, he's Chekhov's dying teenager. Or maybe it's his mother. Mm, Maybe it's the groom dad. Chekhov's Chekhov's uh, suspiciously highlighted subplot. Yes, it's right there. You're like, yeah, this is gonna matter. It could be Mm -hmm. swamp thing. That was a very creepy, creepy wood they were in. That could be like fucking or or the the fae. They're just taking one back. The answer yeah. is definitely it was Galus Duncan. <laughs> yep. <laughs> they got a little too close to the dick rock. I'm not putting it past that motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. Uh so wait a minute. So we find out that there was an old beef with the Darcys because Hardcastle comes in and he starts making demands like, I'm going to need all the candles and all the hot towels. And Mrs. Reynolds is like, fuck you, motherfucker. And then she looks at Mrs. Darcy and is like, what do you think? And she's like, yes, go do it. And then we find out that there's old beef between the Darcys and the Hardcastles because at one time there was a young child of one of the people who lived on the estate, uh, Riley, who was caught poaching on the grounds of Pemberley. And because at the time it was the right quote-unquote law or the law, this like little 11-year-old kid gets hanged by the judge who is Hardcastle's dad. Just terrible. Really bad. I, I mean, it's really, it's really bad. Usually when you're like, oh, it was just a boy, nowadays we're like, this is going to be some 25-year-old who never stopped acting like he was in a frat. And they're like, he's a boy when he really he is an adult and you're just trying to make it so he doesn't have to feel responsible for his actions. No, this is an actual child. This is like like li- yeah, like a kid. little kid. Um it's up it is upsetting. It's mm-hmm. upsetting. And his mom loses her mind screaming you know what it reminded me of i didn't actually realize this in the moment and i swear to god i'm not forcing this because this is also podlander drunk cast notler podcast but it reminded me a lot of um of jamie being whipped and his dad having a stroke and dying while it was happening Mm -hmm. because it was so traumatic for him um Mm -hmm. it reminded me of that like it was harrowing in that way Mm. um very only this was like a, a teeny tiny redheaded child and not a large, um, pecked out redheaded <laughs> man with sizable fuse. And his mom loses it and then commits suicide. So she became Mrs. Riley's ghost. So with that's a link back to the beginning. She haunts the woods and only shows up when shit's about to go down. Remember the peacock hat? Mrs. Riley's ghost. Who was that? We don't know. Well, we know and that then, woman wasn't Mrs. Riley because we see Mrs. Riley dead, and it's an, and and also it's not like we see her face, and it's not the same woman. Right? But there's there's definitely a weird lady in the woods. Something's going on, and Lizzie's seen both. Obviously, she knows that's not a ghost or whatever, but she's like, something is up out there. And then uh, Lydia wakes up and is freaking out that she can't go see Wickham, and she has absolutely no appetite. But then she eats some. And then the judge goes to see Wickham, and it's not looking good, because guess what he said to several people? I killed him. He was my only friend. I did this. <laughs> so they got to take Wickham away, and Lydia has her great, like, run down the stairs in your nightdress, freak out, trying to chase him out of the house. But nobody's going to do anything, because he really is the only suspect. Right? 
Yeah. Uh, there's a, a particularly good Hardcastle Darcy moment that we skipped that I want to bring up real briefly, which is when he's like, perhaps we should spare the ladies. And Matthew Reese, God bless him, gives gives that guy a look that's like, fuck you. And then he says, my wife and I, um, Denny's, Denny was murdered. My wife and I have no secrets. And then they have a whole conversation where they're like, yeah, let's just ignore this motherfucker. What the fuck? Like, he, he actually, and like his look is actually like a, a, fall, a solid sigh where he's like, this guy's such a, it's like, <gasps> Denny's dead. That, see, was that hard? Really you. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How many times do I have to do this in front of dudes? Oh yeah. God, she's fine. Okay. <laughs> she's going to make it. Uh, that kind of leads directly into what my note that I have for the ending of the episode, Great. which is there was one moment that we forgot. All you need to know is that Lizzie saw Colonel Fitzwilliam suspiciously burning letters <laughs> into everything, but a couple of strips, a couple of strips. strips. <laughs> Yeah. And like of the sentence lines that didn't right. burn. Right? Exactly. So she holds one up and it says, by the way, it was me who killed the guy in the woods <laughs> with a large rock. Lizzie goes into the fireplace, digs out those perfect strips that was probably some English 101 writing project where you just wrote sentences and then clipped them all apart and threw them around the room and then put them back together. Yeah. Yeah. And then she puts them close to each other and looks and then stands up and it's like... I'm going to have to solve this fucking thing myself, said Lizzie Bennett. Yep. Well, I guess this is on me now, too. Yeah. I got to throw a ball. I have to get my husband to leave me the fuck alone for three hours. And I have to solve a murder. And I have to try to keep my sister tranquilized. What the heck? It's like having it all has consequences. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, Only Kelly Ripa would know. I just wanted to have full bedrooms and some nice game pies. And now this. So that's the end of Death Comes to Pemberley, episode one. It's good. That was a it was a wild ride. It is a lot happens in that first episode. I was gonna say it felt longer than an hour when I was watching it. Not in a bad way. It was just like so much stuff was crammed in there. At about forty, at the minute forty was when I checked the time. Me too. When I checked, yeah, me too. Minutes. Forty three. I think it's because it felt like a place where an episode could end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then it kept going and I was like, oh God, is this a horrible miscalculation? Are all of these episodes two hours long? Did I just screw up our whole Me schedule? Me too! <laughs> no. Nope, just an hour. Just, I forgot. It's British TV. They, it's, lots packed An in. hour is an yeah. actual hour. Um, yeah. Not 42 minutes plus 18 minutes worth of commercials, um, which is American mm-hmm. TV. So uh, so that's the first episode of Death Comes Pemberley. Uh, let's see if I can remember all the scales. We've been off for like a month. Um so hand flex. Let's talk about hand flex. The hug. Oh, the hug. Oh, the little fucking hug. Also the mouth kiss. There are there's like a kiss on the side of the mouth moment when she's like, go away for three hours and then come back and fuck me, daddy. Like that moment mm-hmm. is pretty is pretty hot. Mm-hmm. That hug, man, I gotta tell you, like as you were talking about it in the in our recap, I just like I got lost in trying to remember the last time I got a hug like that. And I was like, oh gosh, that really was. Such it's a, a good hug. When such you a get good moment. When you get that fucking hug from another person, you know oh, it. Yeah. God. Yeah. And I'm saying this as a person who hates being hugged <laughs> by anyone other than my husband. I detest being hugged. But that hug's a good hug. You know, yeah. I think it's it is possible that the most memorable hug of my life is going to be a hug I got from your husband because it was during the fire and 
like, and our building was on fire. <laughs> And it was a pandemic and I, and the cat was in the car and I just kept trying to like find a way to crack jokes, even though nothing was funny because our building was on fire. And at a certain point, Neil like put like one arm slightly out and then I put one arm slightly out. We very slowly moved sideways towards each other and then did like an awkward side hug. And we're like, that's the first time I've hugged someone that I don't live with in, in like six months. It was a very memorable hug. But the slow motion, like, is this happening? Are we, <laughs> are we doing this? This is probably a bad idea, but it seems like if we're good, this would be the moment. I'm giving you plenty of time to back out. And we both, it was great. It was a good, good, good hug. It was good hug. It was, oh. the, it was certainly the best side hug. Because usually a side hug is like, I don't want to hug you. Hey guys, yeah. Oh, trust me, I know all about a side. Oh, hug. I've gotten, That's how I avoid. That's how I. Avoid I've gotten a many a Julie Starbird side hug. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't go in for a hug. Sometimes when sometimes when you are drunk, you'll do a real hug, but very Maybe, rarely. But I just. Like, you don't touch You're not me. a hugger. No, it's not. But uh, the hug was my hand flex. It was a good yeah. one. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's the, talk about costumes. What's is there a name? For there this is, one? but I don't remember what it is. I remember Aspen Factor. That's what I remember. That's the shady one. But the costumes oh, yeah. was... I don't remember. Uh, oh, uh, not Elevenses. Yeah, it was Elevenses because boobs. We we folded costumes yeah. and stuff into Elevenses. Elevenses. Um, no Elevenses on display. But I will say that I very much enjoyed all of Lydia's costuming and Fitzwilliam's big brown Pharrell Williams hat. So the costumes are good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I, al- I always love also the servant like supporting cast costumes it, like in a big manner and stuff and seeing the difference between different cohorts of servants and what they wear. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, but to me, it's probably Lydia's dressing gown that she comes flying down the stairs, Scarlett O'Hara style, to run after Wickham in the carriage at the end. It's the most dramatic. Yeah, it's very dramatic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I really like the uh, the worn jacket that Fitzwilliam is wearing. We get a close up look at it because he's like, "No, I didn't go through the woods. Pay no attention to and this burr on my coat." Burrs all over him. They were yeah. like other burrs on his other side too. So they were really they were showing you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's interesting. Uh, I love the top hat. Mm-hmm. Also, the, the the hiss bonnet. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, did you have one? Oh, sorry, Janine. Coats. There were some good coats. Good coats. Yeah, good yeah coats. some good, some good house coats. Some good dusters. Things mm-hmm. that are long that would go well with my calf high boots whenever I get them someday. 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 Um, all right, Aspen Factor. What's your? There, w- there is some good, good some shade really here. Yeah. I. Uh, it, it's not really shade because it's Lydia, and I don't think she's capable of shade. Uh, because she doesn't understand how to do that. <laughs> but when she said the thing to Lizzie about, if you just invited us. This is your fault. If you just invited yeah. us, we wouldn't have had to go skulking through the woods. And I got to tell you that really it's not shade, but it hits that same target in a way. So I was like, it's 
pretty shady, even though it's not shady. It's shitty instead of shady. It's <laughs> shitty instead of shady. But it's it's good. I I'm gonna. It's again not shade, but in like a be better blanket kind of way. Where when <laughs> when Mrs. Bennett yes. is says um, we must hope for the best. It's possible that Wickham died in a duel. <laughs> it's the most honorable way to die. She does love to think about her kids as being dead. She also, really, her husband. That's, her past, mm-hmm. that's a pastime for her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she might be a psychopath. Yes. <laughs> yep. like, uh, have we considered Mrs. Bennett as a suspect? Because always suspect in my yes. books. Fair suspect. Uh, I think my Aspen factor is the exchange between Mr. Bennett and Mr. Darcy about drugging Mrs. Bennett first. Yeah, as well. that's a good one. That's a really good one. <laughs> His, Understood. Hey, speaking like, of give a shot? of dr- of dr- <laughs> drugging people, I don't know what. Who's your golden butthole? Who's the butthole of the episode? Lots of buttholes. I mean, I think Lydia. it's Lydia. Lydia. I, you know, Hardcastle. Yeah, yeah is also a good choice. You know what? Great classist, choice. racist piece of shit that. Like, and we don't get to approach the racist thing, but I just, I imagine he's probably. Oh, oh, I'm sure. They all are. (laughs) Um, He's just like, every turn, every chance he gets, he goes, okay, so yeah. Um, Oh, we're going to talk about poaching. That's a, well, that's shady for us, I guess. We'll have to do it. When he says, yeah, he's like, oh, we're on delicate ground. Oh, yeah. It's like, that's shady. Yeah, that's, oh, you mean because your family executed a child? (laughs) That delicate ground? His first interaction with Darcy when he shows up and he's like, they're about to leave and he's saying something like, you know, this is your, you know, you tried to bring up someone who uh, was above, above their natural station and of course you're going to be dealing with shit. And it's like, you fucking piece of shit. Like, he's a very good option for Golden Butthole. Yeah. Fucking good Golden Butthole. And then yeah. who's your MVP? Darcy. That hug. Matthew Reese. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine is. Also, Lydia, it, I think that Jenna Coleman <laughs> is she so really does good. Do it. It's the, it's like, it's so irritating, but you can see enough of where it all comes from to, to pity her. I guess, like, I, she, she's just a very good. Lydia. I couldn't get to pity yet, but I can see where making the character of Lydia a little bit more realistic and trying to understand her motivations and what made her the way she is will eventually lead to a little bit more pity. Mm -hmm. But right now I just want to shake her, which she's doing her job and doing it real well. What about you, Janine? Um, well, as a joke, I'd say the hug is my MVP. I just <laughs> loved it so much. But um, um, you know, I'll give. I want to give uh, an MP, uh, MVP award to a non-performer, mm. um, the cinematographer oh, yeah. and the lighting designers <gasps> yeah. for this. It just like the lighting is really cool. I actually had a couple of moments where I thought about it specifically, like when they're outside at night. Yeah, there's yeah. and like there's so much great work being done, performance-wise, costume-wise, set-wise. Like there's just so much great stuff being done, and they're capturing it in a way that just is so fucking stunning with the camera work, um, whether it be like angles or using the shadows and light, but also then like how they're choosing to light the scenes. <laughs> it's <good>. excited. <sighs> yeah, they're very good. Yeah. Well, you got two more, bud. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. This is fun. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, that is going to do it for us, I think. We will be back next week to talk about Death Comes to Pemberley, episode two. Thank you, <laughs> friends. 
for listening. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podlandercast. You can find us on Twitter at podlandercast. You can find us on Patreon where you can support the show, which is, of course, incredibly appreciated because it is not cheap, um, but it just sounds cheap. It takes a lot of money to sound <laughs> this cheap. Yes, it yes, does. Yes, it does. Our patrons say Dolly. Um, uh, but you can also get bonus episodes, uh, access to our crowdcast, um, early access to episodes, um, weird things that I post sometimes. Janine's Corner. We need another Janine's Corner soon, especially now that you have your um, bath situation all sorted. Uh- I'll say I did record one, and it just felt so weird to be, like, even just half-naked my chest up. Like, I yeah, just felt no. so That's odd. Fair. That's fair. I support you, and also no. I just was like, I recorded, I was like, no, I'm not, nope. No, I'm, nope. It delayed. was a good thought. Uh, no. Anyway, there will be other Janine's Corners. <laughs> Um, and you can find awesome. all that stuff at patreon.com slash podlanderdrinkcast. We want to thank all of our patrons who make it possible for us to do the show. Thank you so much. But we especially want to thank the following folks. Maddie Perkins, Snazzy Neck, Julia Gulia, Kathleen Martini, Lauren Tennant, Kelsey Kemp, Madison Johnson, Emily Day, Betsy English, Caitlin Reddick, Ashley Tegas, and Tina Barnett, the other Janine, Kristen, Amelia Bazell, Liz, and Tinkerbell, Stella Welch, Chrissy Shively, Denise Perkins, Claire Feeney, Kayla Reagan, Rachel Lazan, Rochelle Lefevre, Amanda Smith, Heather Robbins, Jerry Hurdle, Brittany Holbert, Emily Carlson, Amy Gustafson, Rachel Townsend, Steph Peterson, Kelly Mazzella, Maria Chantel Salters, Mary the Falling Statue, Philip Nako, Terry Lucino, Viv Pickles, Mary of the Grapefruit, Jenna Polkowski, Ann Gibson, Ruth McCormick, Katie Kirshner, Kara Marlow, Trish McCurry, Dr. J, Jen Leonard Runklin, Kelly Bodden, Amanda Newton, and Kiki. The, the wise. Thank you so much for making it so we can do this. Uh, Janine's going to go have a Valentine's Day Zoom with his family. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go watch the sitcom about The Rock, where he's young, called Young Rock. And uh, <laughs> that's real. It's not a joke. Uh-huh. And Julie's going to start practicing her d- d- drums. Ah! I don't know. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go cook. Dinner. Great. Bye. Yeah, bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs>